0: Thanks for tuning in to Hungry Gen Audio Podcast. It would mean the world to us if you could help us spread the gospel message of Jesus by subscribing to, sharing, and leaving a review on this podcast. We are believing to see thousands saved locally and millions globally. Thanks and enjoy this week's message. Today, I would like to speak to us about this vision that God has given to us. And this vision is to reach thousands locally, millions globally the the picture that we have of that is to impact our society with the message of jesus to fill the waves of the internet the facebook the instagram the the youtube the tiktok also with the message of jesus christ bringing this vision down to the practical nitty and gritty part of this as ivan has mentioned concerning the destiny training the prayers the prayer requests that we are praying for prayer needs um, meaning we are praying for new people to be saved in our church i'm going to share with you about three years ago, I started to feel inside of me that as a local church, not as a conference, not as a movement, but as a local church, there was something that was lacking in the structure and in the system of our local church. It started with my trip to Philippines. When I saw young people, it was a large church in Philippines, mega church in philippines we rented a mall to do our service there and i saw one thousand people give their life to jesus in one night but these were not just people who came to the front and we did not know where they were coming to get more of god or they came to the front because they really wanted to get saved because each person the way i knew there was a thousand people because each person came with someone who's been working on them for the two months And so the whole altar was packed. It was in the middle of the mall. I mean the 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 mall is packed with teenagers and the the doors were open. It's straight into the center of the mall. So when I was preaching people were just sneaking in and walking in. It was beautiful and it left an impact on me to be intentionally teaching our church myself included to evangelize and to take care of new people that pastors don't take care of new people but the body takes care and every person is involved with that i started to look at the model of american church and if i could revise the great commission and this is not to blame any church this is first to take a look at inside of what's happening here and this is how it will look like go into all the world and make members of every visitor teaching them how to download planning center app and signing up to serve at the local church once a month and if they ever get burned out make sure you put them on the snooze for three months and lo i am with you until the end of the age i felt like the churches our churches first got really good at turning visitors into members but the great commission is not go into all the world and make members. Great commission is go into all the world and make disciples. And, and as, even as I was there, I started to ache and realize something is missing within a western church. God forbid persecution comes. Most of us won't make it. When pandemic came, the church in, in the western world was not prepared for that. Because churches that are led by events cannot survive pandemic but churches that are equipped, where believers are equipped to be ministers in their own houses. You can throw us in the fire. You can throw us in the flood. You can have a Biden. You can have Trump. You can have whoever you want. We're going to make it. Why? Because we're not living by events. We are living by evangelism and we are living by discipleship. The Bible says go into all the world and make disciples. How we live that today in, the, in our country is go into all the world and make services. Go into all the world and make events. Go into all the world and make summer camps. Go into all the world and make conferences. But the Bible clearly teaches us to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. And so three years ago I started to on this journey. It's about five years that I feel like in five, it's two more years where the culture of our church is going to shift from a church that has small groups and evangelism is a department where somebody else is involved in to a church of small groups and evangelism is the direction that every person is involved in. And so three years ago we started to talk about it with our team. Last year we started to develop already changes to our system. Everyone in our church knows how to become a member you take the life class or growth track but if you ask any person in the church how do you become a disciple maker if you ask 20 people you're going to get 20 different answers and I started to recognize why because we don't have a process by which people go from being a believer to being a disciple and some of us even bought into that lie well we don't want to push everyone to be a leader we're not talking about being leaders we're talking about being disciple makers Whether you have a personality to be a leader or not, you're called to be a disciple maker. You know, we don't look at you if when you come in as a visitor to Hungry Gen and we're like, Ah, you have a business? No, you can't be a member. Ah, what, you're a single mom? No, you can't be a member. We we, we know that whatever state you have in your life, it doesn't change you becoming a member of the church. The same thing is with being a disciple of Jesus Christ. You can be a businessman, you can be a police officer, you can be unemployed, you can be on a government uh, assistance. And by the way, lem- let me say this. If you are on a government assistance, I don't want you to take this testimony as some kind of a shame or being belittlement of the stage that you are in. So I, want you, I don't want you to kind of feel that maybe you're coming for the first time and like, man, they're really dissing at that. We're not. And so, but we do want to encourage people to come out of that so that we can be a blessing to other people. Amen. So I just wanted to make that correction. But whatever state that you are in, you are called to be a disciple maker. You are called to be a person who is a disciple of Jesus Christ and a disciple maker. I remember being in Philippines and I looked at those people. I'm like, well, you know, making disciples, that's that's kind of God's job. You know, God really moves organically upon people because this pastor asked me, he says, what do you guys do for disciple making? I'm like, "Um, not a lot. Um, nothing I was like God moves upon our leaders and our leaders just kind of disciple people and he said interestingly he said does God also move upon people to become members like that or you have a system and intentionally you encourage people to become members I said we have a system and intentionally we pursue that he says the Bible does not say go and God will organically make disciples God says you make them He said, the same way you make members is the same way you can make disciples. And so it's been a three-year journey for us. And this year something started to happen where we are taking our life group leaders and our members. We have about 95 people right now in these eight weeks on Monday nights, and we are taking them through this thing called destiny training. where we, our goal is to move people from believing in Jesus to belonging to church through life groups, life class, through being built in the kingdom of God so that they can become disciples of Jesus Christ and this destiny training it's nine weeks but we know that nine weeks does not make somebody into a disciple maker that's like putting your kid an infant into like a nine-week microwave and for them to come out an adult that's never gonna happen okay but if they don't have a house if they don't have a diet and if they don't have parents and if there's no some kind of a system in your house to raise the toddler into an adult it will never happen you can't just dump them into into a forest and hope that wild beasts will raise him up. No you have intentionality. You, you do things to raise your toddler into a responsible adult. And so we know that these classes are not going to make necessarily people mature but this is just the process by which we can start becoming equipped with knowledge and then empowered with obedience to be who God called us to be. Amen. Go into all the world and not make events but make disciples. A challenge for me is, as a pastor, move from encouraging to equipping. We have to have a clear system for membership, but also for discipleship. Our church is not just about growing a crowd. It's about raising an army we had a time at that before where it was easier to become a leader small group in our church than to become a member of the church and as you know things have changed we only have one membership class on the first Sunday of the month on second Sunday service which will happen next week but to become a disciple maker is a longer process and it's not for everyone at first evangelism is a direction of our church not just our department and we're not just praying for the lost we're preparing the laborers And I believe that we're going to have a low rate of burned out believers because they're burning with the vision of Jesus Christ. We redefined our wins. Our wins is not, did we have a great service? It's very difficult to measure great service because everyone's definition of great service is different. Our win is that do people get saved? How many people got saved in their church how many people got water baptized? is there a transformation in their life we're not talking about crying a tear because your boyfriend broke up with you yesterday but we're talking about a hard transformation where God pulls you from darkness into light where your whole world changes where the things you used to do you stop doing that where you are now sold out for Jesus Christ we redefined our wins we build laborers not just leaders our goal is not to make people into leaders leaders have titles laborers have a heart and everybody has a heart for those of you like man but i'm not a leader Uh, jesus never said go and make leaders he says go and make disciples can you be a disciple can you disciple others can you care for the people that you bring to christ and teach them the bible and so that is really the goal we build processes not just programs we're about equipping the saints not just making more events we love events but the church has an addiction for events the church has an addiction for conferences and all this stuff and it's a great thing it looks good on photos amazing impact but the last result in person's life is the process of discipleship. Pandemic has shown that the church cannot live by be- by events but it has to live by its purpose and so that is kind of where we are at and now toward I did an introduction let me just do the conclusion and uh, we're going to pray. I want to speak today about the myth of being ready. This will be the first miracle that Jesus has committed turning water into wine. This is a picture of the gospel because Jesus takes religion and turns it into relationship where there's joy where there's fulfillment. The law took water and turned it into blood in Egypt. Jesus takes water and turns it into wine. And so that's a beautiful picture of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But I would like to take it an application from it that applies to us as the church, applies to us as members, applies to us as visitors and as guests of hungry generation. John, gospel of John chapter 2. It says the following, On the third day there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of the wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. So this wedding runs out of the wine and the mother of Jesus comes to him and says they have no wine. The Bible makes us to understand in Gospel of Matthew chapter 9 that the harvest is plentiful but the laborers are few. So God is running out of workers in the same way the feast ran out of wine. There was a shortage of wine in the feast but the Bible tells us there is a shortage of workers in God's field as well and today the church the mother is is making a call to every believer and saying hey the harvest has a shortage of laborers. The same way the mother looked to Jesus and says hey they have no wine. Today I have a proclamation. Is the father who is not just the father of the house. He's the lord of the harvest and he's making a call. He says the laborers are few but the harvest is plentiful. Meaning the world is ready to be ripe. The world is ready to be saved but he says I am recruiting. I am asking for people to rise up and fill the shortage. Now of course the response of Jesus is the response of every person in this room. That's not my problem. And this is not, I did not want to belittle the son of most high God. But Jesus replied back to her and he said to her, "Um, woman, only Jesus can get away with calling his mom woman. What does this concern have to do with me? Not my wedding, not my problem. And Then he says, my hour hasn't come yet. We'll touch that in a moment. It's not my problem. It's not my wedding and maybe today you feel exactly the same way about reaching the world for Christ. Vlad, that's cool. That's awesome. That's for people like you who get paid to be a Christian but it's not for me. It's not my job. It's not my problem and if God has a problem of reaching unreached world parts, if God has that problem, well that is his problem, but that's not mine. If you're taking notes, write this down. Even if it's not your problem, it is your responsibility. It is your purpose. It was not Jesus's problem that the fact they ran out of wine, but it was his purpose of being on this earth to demonstrate the glory of God. The world is not your problem, but it is your purpose. You were born again for the purpose of not just warming a church pew. You were born again with the purpose not just to keep and maintain your salvation until the second coming of Jesus. You were saved, delivered and healed not only so that you can finally have a job of your dreams, have a house of your dreams, go on the vacation of your dreams and have an RV, have a boat, have a dog and then do a retire at the age of 60. That is not the purpose of life. The purpose of life is to please him who enlisted us and so it might not be your problem but my friend every each one of us have a purpose and it is our purpose amen I'm so glad Jesus looked at my sin and didn't say not my problem I'm so glad when I was headed straight into hell and Jesus didn't say well not my problem that was his decision that got him there you know I warned him he knew better it wasn't His problem that I was going to hell. It wasn't God's problem that you were disobedient, rebellious and served the devil, blindly, full of deceit. Jesus came down on Earth and said, "No, it's not my problem, but it is my purpose. My friend, you may feel like I'm not qualified, this is not for me to do all of this, winning the lost and praying and fasting and engaging with the mission of Jesus Christ for me. That's just not my problem. It is your purpose. And if you don't buy into this purpose today, if you don't subscribe to this purpose, if you don't get entangled and get yourself wrapped up with this purpose, if everyone does that, there will be a lot of blood on our hands on the judgment seat. There are people who will be saved because we said yes. The same way you are saved because Jesus said yes. The difference between us and Jesus is it's not our yes that saves people but it is our yes that delivers the salvation Jesus paid for to them and lack of that yes is going to cause a lot of people not to meet Jesus Christ a lack and my addiction to my comfort my addiction to my you know the way kind of my life is already the college the school the, the ministry and all of that but if the mission of Jesus Christ is not the most important thing I have responsibility to the Lord because he saved me with a purpose with an assignment amen The second thing that I want to mention from this one is, I'm not ready. Jesus says, my time has not come yet. So first, he's like, it's not my problem. But it is my purpose, so I'm going to be involved in this. The second one is, it's not my time. I'm not ready for this. Even if you're not ready, you're still responsible. It might not be God's will. It might not be God's time for you right now to be involved fully in God's commission. But it is Still, God's will for you. This is what I hear a lot of people say the moment they hear anything about starting a life group evangelizing to others and this is what people a lot of times Christians say well this is not for me but you're a Christian but you're a disciple it might not be your time but it does not mean it's not your responsibility don't confuse God's will with God's time you might be hurting right now emotionally You might just gotten saved so it's not your time. You might have came out or going through deliverance so it's not your time to go disciple other people 100%. You need to wait for it but do not ever say things like it's not for me because it's not my time. Be honest with yourself and say you know what i'm hurt i, I burned out i went from another church maybe there where the leadership was toxic or perhaps i had a really bad experience somebody dumped me somebody threw me under the bus I-, I involved i poured myself into this person and they back things backfired and you know what it's not my time right now but it is still my responsibility and I do my see myself doing it. Maybe not next month. Maybe not even next year. But I can tell you, count me in. Don't count me out. Why? Just because it's not my time, it does not mean God's will change with not my time. It's still God's will, even if it's not God's time for you. And Jesus did not say, I'm not going to do it. He just said, it's not my time. I'm just not ready for that right now. There's something about not being ready. Is that you're never ready. Have you noticed how in the next verse, it's not my time, and he went and did the miracle? Because that's how time of God changes. Your mama can change your time. Jesus' mama said, Hey, Jesus, uh, all this whole time thing, I don't understand it. They need, they have a problem, and you can do something about it. Could you please do it? Jesus' like, Not my time. He's like, I don't understand this stuff. She gets the servants, she's like, Hey, guys, just be ready any moment. And Jesus pretty much goes in and switches, the time switched. Nothing really changed except there was a need and Jesus adjusted that time and he went and started serving. A lot of people have to understand you'll never be ready to serve. There's no such a thing as I'm ready. You always become ready as you obey God. When I was called to preach at a very tender age of 14 years of age my pastor told me that I need to preach was I ready of course not but I did not wait he did not wait for me to get ready do you know how I got ready by preaching now most of you were not here so I just want to give huge thank you to every person who suffered through my preaching for 10 years and you did not lose your Christianity I just want to say thank you there is a great reward for you in heaven The need can change God's time. The myth of when I am ready then I'm going to do it. At the age of 16, so at the age of 14 I started to preach. Was I ready? No. Now the church was so small so the damage was very limited plus my pastor was there and he would always correct anything i would say off you know he would get up and say well that's not actually what the bible says i'm like i thought it did i saw somebody said it on tbn <laughs> and so he's like tbn is not the bible and so and then he would he would bring correction was i ready no but at the same time was there a need yeah and i couldn't say well i'm not ready for this there was a need it, when, when, you might not be a great swimmer but if somebody's drowning you don't say well i'm going to take swimming lessons and go and help them it's going to be too late you go and you help the best you know how if there's somebody starving you say well i'm not a chef i don't have education on that same thing with having children were you ready to have children most of you know because your kids are seeing still a counselor and some of the decisions parents made were they ready no but that's how you learn to be a great parent is sometimes having children were you ready to get married for those people who thought they were ready you were not ready And those of you who got married and honestly, you were not really ready. But as long as you're obedient to God's Word and you're repentant and you're taking some classes and everything next thing that happens is that you grew. You definitely was a jerk before. But now you're semi-Jesus, like a little closer to Jesus and you're doing a great job. You get ready through the process of marriage. You don't get ready by just going to a marriage university. I under no circumstances want to downplay preparing yourself but there is this idea of once I get ready at the age of 16 I became a youth pastor. Was I ready to be a youth pastor? No. I didn't even want to be a youth pastor. It happened because the guy before me quit after six months and then the guy after him quit after six months and there was nobody else left. So a lot of times we don't do things because, well, you know, I felt the call of God upon my life. Well, there was a need and even though I wasn't ready, not my time, mom, but sometimes God will use the pastor. He will use the leader who will say, you know what? Forget about your time. There is a world to save and then I want you to engage with that mission and as you engage with that mission, God will prepare you, God will mature you and God will strengthen you and God will develop you. I remember when I felt the call of God. I told my pastor, "I'm gonna go to college and I'm gonna get the proper training, like every pastor in town." And pastor says, "You're not gonna be like every pastor in town." And he says, "I want you to train differently. I want you to be engaged with the mission." He says, "We have a need. If you go to university for four years, what do you think? We're gonna pause the church and stop because great anointed Vladimir went to university and you're gonna come back with brains bigger than this building, and now you're gonna what? Cast out demons because." they're going to teach you that in college? Pastor said no. He says we have a need and the need is more important. I want you to serve. I want you to read books. I want you to take classes and as you say yes to God, He begins to develop and prepare you for the very thing you went into not being ready for. God will mature you through your obedience but devil will keep you in immaturity due to your your excuses. You have to be mature to get married and you have to get married to be mature. Only married people just understood what I said. The single of you are like, what? You just contradicted yourself. That's exactly the beauty of marriage. You have to be mature to get married and you have to get married to be mature. Certain maturity you have to have in your life to go into marriage. Same thing is with ministry. You have to have maturity. You have to have foundation, which is why we have the destiny training. But there is maturity you will never get in a university. There is maturity you will never get in your mom's house as long as she does your laundry and cooks for you. And as long as they take care of you. There is maturity you will only get when you have to pay your own bills, you have to do your own laundry, and you have to find your own food. And once you get married, there is a maturity. You thought you had maturity. You thought that you could get along with your mama and your sisters. You thought you could get along with your dad and with your brothers. You're like, man, I got this until you get married. You're like, man, I was totally immature. Marriage will mature you. Same thing with ministry. If you wait until you get a degree. If you wait until you go to a seminary cemetery. Uh, if you if you wait when you go through training. If you wait you know what I'm gonna wait for 20 years. All of these issues will be solved and then I will be ready to serve. My friend that is not how ministry works. Disciples did not wait for all of the stuff. They start serving. You, you can't steer a parked car. God can mature you through obedience and if he calls you to witness to your friend you don't tell that friend can you hold on why I need to go through evangelism evangelism classes no you obey God and God matures you you obey God and God develops you the same thing we mature in marriage the same way we mature in ministry and so I want to challenge those people in here today who say I am not ready to tell you you're probably more ready than you realize Because if you would use that idea in marriage, you would have never been married. If you would have used that idea in building a house like Victoria, Victoria is not a contractor. She didn't say, well, I'm not ready for the house. Why? I don't know how to build a house. How many of you have a house and you don't know how to fix things in the house? Don't raise your hand right now. (laughs) A lot of us, but you still buy a house. How many of you here today, you have children, but honestly, you're not an expert on child rising, rising, children raising your children. You're not an expert. How many of you here are married but you're not a counselor. How many of us here today we make food but we're not a chef. So for those of you who are like you need to be a professional. No, no, no. In the kingdom you don't need to be professional to make disciples. You just need to be humble and obedient. That's it. Now there will be professionals but the rest of us we're not the elites. We're just everyone who are obedient to the Lord. There will be professionals but we're not the professionals. We are the obedient. And so if you're making excuses today that I don't want to do this, I don't want to be involved in that because it's not for me. It's not because you're not professional. It's because you're lazy and you're making excuses. If you've become obedient to God, God will develop your maturity. God will develop your gifts and people will call you professional. And you were like, no I'm not. I'm just trying to be obedient. People look at me and they're like, man you're such a great pastor. I was like, no. I was like, I'm totally not the type of pastor. I'm like I'm not even comfortable with the name pastor and stuff but because my whole life was never about being professional. My whole life was about being obedient. Just obey and then God matures you. Obey and God develops you and the, the last thing that I want to share is with those people who feel like they are ready. You know what? I'm ready for ministry. Those people they scare me. It's that 16 year old that comes in and tells you that he's ready for marriage. You're like, no, you're not. It's your nine-year-old kid comes in and says, mom, I'm ready for my car. You're like, no, you're not. He just got out of diapers. You're ready for raking leaves. You're ready to go play with the dog, but you're not ready for the car. One day you will be ready. It's still God's will for you to drive a car. It's just not God's time for you to drive a car. This is what God does. With this example of wine, there's there's, there's two ways to make wine the first one is the natural one it's when you take water no no no, that's not natural actually it's totally i was just seeing if you're paying attention the first one is grapes you take grapes and then you have to crush them and then you know they go through a time of um, fermentation and then after a while they become wine We don't drink uh, wine at the church, so I brought juice. And uh, so grapes turn into wine with time. That's a natural process. But there's one thing. You can't become wine because you're a grape. Grape has whatever, what it takes to be wine. There are people in this room under the sound of my voice who naturally, by God's grace, you're gifted with leadership abilities. You're gifted with a prophetic insight. You're a smart person you are you have what it takes to be who God wants you to be and that is your biggest problem. Why? Because you think because you have grapes you will be wine but there's only one secret where grapes become wine is through being crushed and you hate that. And the reason why you feel like you don't need crushing is because you're so gifted. you need is become bigger grape. If I could just make these grapes bigger but the problem the more you leave grapes on the sun they become raisins not wine. Gifted people who are not broken become raisins instead of wine. What becomes out of us is this not wine we're not used by God the way God wants us to be. In fact we become frustrated with God. Why I have everything it takes to be used by God and I'm not being used by Him. Because the son of time, the son of pride, The son of I don't want my life to be broken. Fasting is not for me. Why? I'm too gifted. Why? But Humbling myself is not for me. I don't need a pastor to submit to. That stuff is not for me and you will remain a raisin instead of being the wine that God wants you to be. For people like me it's a little bit easier because I'm not a grape. I'm a water. I don't have what it takes to be a wine. I don't have the looks to be wine. I don't have the English to be a wine. Have you noticed how many mistakes i made in just 30 minutes? (laughs) I don't have what it takes. I don't. Now I can improve on my water and purify it and make it coconut water and vitamin water. But I wasn't born as a grape. But see what I love about the story of water into wine is that Jesus says I can take somebody I gifted naturally. As long as they go through breaking, I will make him into something great. But the Lord also says, I'm looking for people who are born on the wrong side of the track. I'm looking for people, everybody told you, you don't have what it takes to be successful. You don't have what it takes to be used by God. You don't look right. You don't talk right. You don't have this. You don't have that. Your mama was this. Your daddy was that. You made some mistakes in your past and Jesus says, give me some of that water because I can turn water. It does not have what it takes to be wine into wine. Come on somebody. Maybe you're here today and you're like, I don't have what it takes to be a leader. I don't have what it takes to be a preacher of the gospel. I don't have what it takes to pray for the sick. I don't have what it takes. I'm so shy and timid. I cannot talk to my neighbors about Christ. I cannot talk to my friends about Jesus. I don't have what it takes. My friend, first miracle of Jesus is to take water and turn it into something that naturally that's not possible. How can God take a guy who is so shy to speak in front of a group of people? Because I was that water. I had no natural abilities. I didn't have what it takes to be a preacher of the gospel. But that's exactly what Jesus wanted. He took water and he made it into wine. And then he will take grape. And the moment you think you have what it takes, he will crush then he'll make you. Moses thought he had what it takes. He went and killed a guy in Egypt. Like I got what it takes. I got the punch. I can hit like Muhammad Ali. I got the education. I was trained at the best universities. I'm the right guy for the job. And then God says not really. He says there's only one way. I take a grape into wine is I have to crush you. And 40 years of crushing until when God came and says you're ready. Moses says no I'm not. I can't speak. No, I'm not. I'm not the guy. Why? I don't know how to do anything. God, I am nothing. Why? Because when a man is crushed, God says now I can use you. Maybe you are here today and you feel like I have what it takes. I am gifted. I am anointed. Why is that church not recognizing the anointing of God upon my life? Because my friend, you're just a grape turning into a raisin. And God wants to use the grape to go through breaking. God wants your will to be broken. God wants your heart to be broken. God wants you to be a submissive person. God wants you to be a serving person. God wants you to be a person who goes through a crushing, goes through a breaking. I'm not talking about abuse. I'm not talking about something, somebody, you know, violating your will but I'm talking about you denying yourself because today I am on the other side where in certain areas I am gifted when we started this year one of the reasons that we went for an extended period of fasting is because after a while I don't want to be a glorious grape I don't want to be a person that people look at me and say well wow well, look he has what it takes I said God take every grape and break it break my will that's why you will see me crying on the, on the carpet at Friday night prayers and stuff sir, because I know that what I have right now is also God's blessing to some degree but God has to break that. If God wants to do something supernatural that I will never be able to get the glory from. That's why at the end of this miracle the Bible says and Jesus revealed his glory. I don't want people to see the grape. I want people to see the glory and for them to see the glory this guy has to be broken, the self in me has to die on the cross and for us to go from the grape to be a wine you have to not just come to the cross and receive forgiveness, you have to get on the cross and receive sanctification. You don't just come to Jesus to discover who you are, you have to come to Jesus and deny who you are. Come on somebody, are you with me? The Lord wants to take the grape and He wants to crush it. May your legacy not be raisins, died gifted but also completely not used by God. Why? Because the sun dried you up. And yes, raisins are still good, but it's not what the Lord intended. May I pray in the name of Jesus that you will be a person that you and I are water. If you are water, God wants to turn you into wine. If you are grapes, God wants to turn you into wine. If you are grapes, there's only one secret. God has to break you. Your will has to be broken. It happens through prayer. It happens through fasting. It happens through submission. And it happens through doing things that honestly you don't really like. That's, that's crushing. It's when you come in and you realize that position they give you at church is way smaller than the anointing you got. But you don't concern yourself with that. You concern yourself. Make sure that your character is not smaller than your anointing. That's what you concern yourself with. Make sure that your integrity is greater than your influence. That's what you concern yourself with. Waters. I have an instruction for you. If you are here today and you are water, there's only one secret. The question is not whether you have what it takes. The question is whether you are willing to do what he says. What did Jesus, what did mother of Jesus told the servants? She told them this, do what he says. Doesn't make sense. Are you going to do what he says? I'm not the right person for a job. Are you going to do what he says? I don't feel adequate. Are you going to do what he says? I can't speak. Are you going to do what, it, what I say? God looks at Moses, I, 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 I stutter. God says, I know. Are you gonna do what I say? Are you gonna go to Pharaoh? Because God will take a person who doesn't have what it takes, who's willing to do whatever He says, and He'll turn water into wine. And people will look at that person and say, There is no way on earth, there is no factory, there is no university. There is no skill that this thing can turn into this. It's supernatural but there is a secret to the supernatural and the secret is this. When you don't have what it takes, you have to do whatever He says. Then God will supernaturally change your personality. God will supernaturally endow you with gifts. God will begin to use you in a way that the servants looked back and the Bible says and the servants knew how the water turned into wine and everyone in the wedding wondered. The master of the wedding had a degree on how to run weddings but he was clueless about the miracle power of God happening under his nose. Why were servants knew it? The master had the knowledge but the servants had the experience. Why? Because servants don't question the orders of Jesus Christ. Jesus never used the master to make the water into wine because he would google it and say, Jesus are you sure? That's not how the wine is made Jesus. This is water. Water doesn't turn into wine like that. Jesus you're doing it the wrong way but the servants don't ask questions. They just obey. Are you willing to be an obedient servant? I don't care if you have more degrees than a thermometer, I don't care if you have more a greater position, everybody in Tri City knows you, or it doesn't matter today. If honestly you fail more than you can count, and you have accepted yourself as a labor, as a loser, and as a person who's simply not gonna amount to anything. The question is not whether you have what it takes, but do you have the ability to do what he says? If you do, he will make miracles out of you. The question is not, are you able? But are you available? The question is not are you a leader? Are you willing to labor? The question is not that you have the right skills. Are you able to be a servant? And the question is not even are you educated with knowledge? The real question is are you equipped with obedience? Don't worry about the fact that you don't have what it takes. Be willing to do whatever he says. I'm a living testimony and hundreds of people in this room. The only way to be used by God to reach people and make disciples Heal the sick and cast out devils. If you are wine, if you are grapes, you're going to have to be crushed. Not by the pastor, but by your surrender to God's will. Your gift is not enough. Your gift will put you in the room, it'll never break the yoke. Your gift can make you popular, but it will make you, never make you a threat in the kingdom of darkness. Your gift can give you book deals and can give you connections, but your gift will never intimidate the prince of darkness. What does that is when a gift goes through crushing, when through fasting, through self-denial, through obedience to God, you're letting this precious grape and say, God, I don't want to be a grape. I want to be a wine. Break me, Lord. When you pray that prayer, be willing for God to give you opportunities where you have to say no to yourself and yes to your wife yes to other people and your will be broken you're like man I don't want to do this but the will is be broken even Jesus the Messiah had to go through crushing to become the wine the salvation for us the same principle is going to be for you and me but maybe you're on the other side today and you come in and you're like Vlad I don't need to go through crushing my life is already crushed I am broken to pieces how the Lord wants to use you is to remind you you might you might have been born with water The Lord will still use you if you stop focusing on the fact that you don't have what it takes, but focus on the fact you are willing to do whatever He says. If you're willing to do that, God will do wonders. He will raise you as a leader, He will raise you as a disciple, He will raise you as an influencer for your family and friends. I'm not talking about being famous, but you will be fruitful, but you will be a person that God will use mightily in this world in Jesus' name. If you are a grape, but you don't want to be a grape. You want to be wine. You want to be broken. But you need God's help to be broken. I'm not talking about you start doing something stupid right now. Uh, but I'm talking about you You surrendering to the, to the will of God and saying, God, not my will, but your will be done. It's not what I want, but it's what you want. The second category of people. You are so chronically shy, timid, and insecure. And you don't have what it takes. Honestly, you're like water. You're like, there is no way God can use somebody like me. I want you to make your way... Make your way out of your your seat right now and I want you to come and stand here. We're going to pray with you. If you are a grape and you want to be wine or if you are water and you're like, man, I need God's grace. I need God's anointing. I'm willing to do whatever it takes to obey God. I'm willing to do whatever it takes to serve God. Come to the altar. Come to the Holy Spirit. Break your will like Mary broke the alabaster box. Break your pride. Break your self-will, your stubbornness and say, God, not my will but your will be done. It's not what I want. It's what you want for me. I will do whatever I have to do to please you, God. Mm -hmm. And I ask you that you will change me. I ask you that you will transform me, use me, God. Let my legacy not be that I was a Christian. Let my legacy be that I was a follower of Jesus. That I followed the Lamb wherever the Lamb went. We love you, Jesus. We praise you, God. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this week's message. If you like what you've heard, you can find more of this great content on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, and even Pinterest. In other words, we would love to connect with you for the latest and greatest info on all conferences and internships. Remember, better is not good enough. The best is yet to come.